Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's Revolution Recap, a weekly review of the New England Revolution and Major League Soccer on WARL 1320 The Drive with your host, Sean Donahue. Welcome to Revolution Recap. We're here every Sunday from 7 to 8 p.m. reviewing the latest action of the New England Revolution and Major League Soccer on AM 1320 as well as the Internet. Joining me today in studio is Barry Sanders, known to those who visit BigSoccer.com as Coach Barry. And last night, the Revs are coming off a 4-3 thriller over D.C. United, in which D.C. basically started off controlling the game, and then the Revs came out, Twelve got the goal, and then he got the penalty kick, and Charlie Joseph scored on that, and then Marshall Leonard got the goal. And the Revs really took control of the game from there until the end of the half, in which that penalty kick was given to D.C. that really seemed unfair to me. It, it, it was maybe, you know, it, it was a foul what James Riley did, but it was after the play was done. Santino Carenta had taken a shot that had gone wide, and... There, there really was no really scoring chance there, and I don't, I don't know about you, but I thought there was some bad refereeing in that game. Well, I think uh, I agree with you, Sean. I uh, was watching the game, and uh, I know that uh, this this particular referee, Geiger, has got kind of a history of uh, calling uh, a lot of penalty kicks. I think he's at this point got nine out of his first six games, so uh, uh, that certainly uh, is a concern, I think. Yeah, and and that really that penalty kick there gave DC the the, the edge going into the half. They were now down 3-1 instead of 3-0 and not only was that penalty kick really not didn't seem like a foul but it was after a minute like three minutes had gone by of stoppage time in which the ref had said it was only going to be three minutes and that was like the fourth minute of stoppage time he really seemed to be out to give DC an advantage there and then DC came out in the second half and with more fire under the belt and they seemed to be taking control of the game and Corenta got that goal and things started to be going DC's way it was 3-2 it could have been a whole different game until Clint Dempsey came out there and got that goal Absolutely, I think uh, just from uh, watching this uh, this team over over the years, you know, you never know what's going to happen with the Revolution. And uh, we sat there with a three nothing lead, and boy, I think right up until the final whistle, um, I don't think anyone was willing to bet too much money on how that game was going to come out. Yeah, and stoppage time there uh, after Hamer Reno had scored that penalty kick, another very very questionable call, and uh, which they called Marshall Leonard for a handball, and I didn't really see a handball there. Maybe there was, but it seemed to me like it hit off his chest or maybe his his upper shoulder. It didn't really seem like a handball, and if it was, it seemed unintentional. And really, there was no DC player anywhere near him. It was not preventing a scoring chance. I'm surprised they didn't just let that play on because there there was really nothing there any DC player could have done to be in a chance to score. Again, it seemed like the ref was there trying to give DC a chance back into the game. That was definitely, I think, the worst call of the whole game, uh, like you said. It wasn't a DC player anywhere near Leonard. Uh, clearly, if the ball touched his arm at all, the ball the ball played him, and he didn't play the ball. The Revs didn't acquire any benefit from uh, from that. And I think it's probably one of those calls that would have been uh, best off just left unsaid. And Andy Dorman came in again, uh, super sub role there. And the last game he came in and scored a goal. This game he came in 
took that free kick and sent it right to Clint Dempsey. He's really becoming quite a player off the bench for the Revs. He he seems like he deserves more time, but and the role he's doing is doing so well. It seems like even though you want to, you, you think he deserves more time, it seems like he's in the right position right now, and I think he's a player that could be a r- really big part of the Revs in the future. Oh, I think Andy Dorman's going to be a, a great player for this team, and uh, I think uh, probably on any other MLS team he'd be a starter, and I think you know one of the disadvantages for him is that you know the Revolution have such a great midfield that you know who are you going to sit in order to put him in there at, at the very beginning, but... You know we've got uh, you know we've got Dempsey who's probably going to get some national team call-ups. Wouldn't be surprised if you know there's a couple of injuries now and the, now and again in the future. And uh, it, it's just it won't be surprising to me at all to see Dorman starting role before long. Yeah, he's, he's got a tough team to break into there with Joseph, who just signed a long-term contract, so he'll be with the Revs for a while. And Cancel, who's doing, has been doing really well this year after a year last year that wasn't his greatest. And with with Dempsey in that central midfield, he's got a tough time breaking in there. But do you, you think he's a player that could be versatile and might adapt to a position like a wing play where the Revs seem to have more injuries and he seems like maybe you could get more time to play a position there? Does he seem like a player that might be adaptable like that? Oh, yeah. I think Dorman's got some pace. He certainly, uh, last night on, on Dempsey's goal, showed that he can uh, he can put the ball in the box. Um, uh, you know, defensively, I think he's pretty solid. So uh, I absolutely think that, uh, you know, he's, he's a guy who anywhere in the midfield we're going to see him pop up before long and and earn himself a starting spot, at least you know temporarily when some of the other guys are away. Another player who I thought really stood out last night was rookie Michael Parkhurst, who in the center of defense seemed he he seemed like he was a veteran there. He he was doing everything right. He, when the ball came to his feet, he was very comfortable with the ball at his feet. Not a typical Revs defender in the sense that when when he got the ball, you didn't expect him to give it away or something like that. He was doing a, a very good job there. Where in the past he would have played there, you I think he's doing better than possibly any Rev Central defender that I've seen there before there, and he's just a rookie. Michael Parkhurst has just he's just been a tremendous player. I know that uh, a lot of us fans had a lot of concern about starting the season with a with a rookie center back, but, uh, boy, if, if you didn't know or just watching the game, you'd never figure him for a rookie. He's just very well composed back there. He plays the ball really well. He's very intelligent, uh, really reads uh, the play as it's coming in, and, you know, he doesn't need to muscle anybody. He just knows when to step in. Uh, you know, if we if we went with Michael Parkhurst for the rest of the season and never picked up another center back, um, you know, as long as he stays healthy, I see him holding on to that position for the rest of the year. I think even with Carlos Ramosa gone, he was playing with Carlos Ramosa there for the beginning of the preseason. I think a veteran like Carlos Ramosa, with so much experience, could have only helped playing with him in the preseason. And I could see uh, Michael Parkhurst being the next guy like Carlos Ramosa to make it onto the national team if he keeps up playing like he is and keeps improving. Oh, absolutely. I think some of the national team center backs are, uh, that we've relied on in the past are getting older and older, and uh, you know, 2006 is, uh, is coming quickly, and uh, if, uh, if Bruce Arena's watching, I'm sure that Parkhurst is going get, to uh, get some notice, and uh, hopefully he gets a shot. Yeah, he, he definitely seems like a player who has the, has the soccer knowledge right now and seems like a player who could really improve in the future. And the other rookie that was out there, James Riley, I thought he had a pretty good game. He set up he had the assist on Marshall Leonard's goal, and he has two assists now in the league, and he's just a rookie. And he, he seems like a player that could be very good for the Revs in the future. He's, he's going to have trouble breaking into the lineup when everyone's healthy because they have Cassio, who, according to Nichols, should be a starter, and Steve Ralston, who's an obvious starter, one of the best, obviously one of the best right midfielders in the league, if not the best. 
Yeah, Nichols just, I think, really impressed in his ability to pick talent out of these drafts. I mean, we've gone, we've gotten Twelman, Noonan, Dempsey, and now Parkhurst and Riley, and, uh, you know, we've, we've just made the best out of our first-round draft picks every year. And, uh, you know, I'm thrilled to see these two young guys come onto the team and uh, really just show that, uh, if nothing else, they're going to push guys for a starting spot. And, and uh, you know, Parkhurst seems to have that center-back position locked up, and Riley is, you know, going to be the, you know, the next obvious choice every time, you know, Ralston or Cassio isn't available. And, and even now, you see guys who are taking the later round starting to make the team, like even a guy like Marshall Leonard we're going to have later on the show. He, he made the team, and he was drafted in the fourth round, and you have guys like Andy Dorman, who were one of the last picks in the draft, who made the team, and really it seems like the, the Revs know what they're doing. They're going after these players. You think, oh, they're local players. You're just getting because they're local players. But they really develop into players that could help the team. And even a guy like Felix Briant showed last year that he can have an impact on the team and maybe have an impact in the future. And it seems like the Revs are taking advantage of the whole draft, not just the start of the draft. That's true. I, I'd have to agree with you on that one, Sean. And uh, I just think it's a, it's a credit to the coaching staff and, and whatever they've got out there in terms of scouting uh, you know, the college players and, uh, and making the best use of the draft. And, and one thing that uh, we've seen some other teams bring in are guys like Yorg Jorkioff and uh, 37-year-old players and Steve Guppy. And I, I think a lot of the Revs fans are, weren't happy when the team goes out and brings in big names like that, but they haven't done that. If you look at the roster last night, they had one player 30. Everyone else was under 30, and that was Matt Reese. And, and really, Steve Rawlson's 30. But there's not a, many, a lot of older players in this team, and this is a team that we could see stay together for many years in the future. And it's not a team where you have players that are just going to give you one good year, and then they're going to be done with them. Yeah, that was even a comment I think they made uh, during the Metro Stars Chicago game last night. The Metro Stars just seem to have this revolving door of players, and they, and they get somebody in, and they're looking for the uh, you know the immediate impact. They don't get it; they get rid of them. Uh, you know, try to bring in somebody else. Uh, Yorkeoff uh, certainly seemed to play pretty well the other night. Um, he had uh, a couple of good shots on goal and seemed to play very well. But you know, like you said, he's 37 years old and. You know, if he has a good year this year, how many more good years is he going to have for the Metro Stars before they're going to have to fill that position again? Yeah, that, that's something that in the past you could have been a knock on the Revs where you saw them getting players. They've played three games, they're not scoring, they get rid of them. But uh, under the Steve Nichol era, things have really changed and they've kept together the same core of guys. And even though they didn't have always the best of years and the best of starts, now it's finally coming together and it always came together at the end of the year. But now at the beginning of this year, they're 2 0 1, best start in team history, undefeated, first place. Really, it seems like a team that, in my opinion, if if they keep playing the way they are, they could make the championship easy. Oh, absolutely. I, I think uh, you know from what we've seen so far, uh, you know they've been putting the ball in the net, which is uh, you know just a beautiful thing to watch. Uh, the defense seems to be pretty solid, uh, and uh, you know I, I think if they can, like you said, if they can continue to to keep this pace up, um, I think they'll do really well. I think the best part of the the first three games we've seen so far, with the exception of maybe the first half of San Jose is that you know, you're know getting 100% out of every one of these players during the game and I think last year we had a little frustration with, with some guys who seemed to be you know, kind of going through the motions and being frustrated and so far they've just come out of the gates at 100% and, and you can really see the effort there. And uh, Joe Frantino, the normal team captain, was out of the lineup last night because of a quarter step strain and Shari Joseph was handed the captain's armband and I thought he did a good job as a leader and he was captain against San Jose and I thought this game he really showed he can be a leader, he can take over that role for Joe Franchino against a team like D.C. who you know has physical battles against the Revs every time they play and I thought Joseph had a yellow card but I thought he kept his cool for the most of the game. Actually he didn't have a yellow card but I, I, I thought he really kept his cool in a game that there were, there were some 
vicious fouls in that game early on, and uh, I thought he kept the revs under control, and he, he did some arguing, but he didn't do too much arguing, and I, I think he could be someone a, le- a leader on the team in the future. Absolutely. I think, uh, you know, Shelry has, has been given a nice contract, which I think that's part of uh, recognizing his role on the team, uh, wearing the captain, captain's armband when uh, when Franchino's not available, certainly speaks to his uh, his position on the team. Uh, San Jose, he, he looked to be kind of running his mouth a little too much, but I think, you know, he's growing into that position, and uh, he certainly showed uh, you know, a very different kind of leadership uh, in the game last night. Yeah, definitely, and um, the, the Revs with with two rookies, they need someone to be their leader, and they have a really young lineup. They have some players that have been in the league for a while, like Twelman, but even him, he's a young guy, and Shari Joseph himself isn't that old, but I, I thought he was a player that can take a leadership role and lead those rookies. And um, a guy like Matt Reese, now with the young defense, I, I thought he was doing a good job getting getting control of the defense and organizing them, and I think... You know, every Revs fan, I know at the beginning of the season, was worried about the Revs' defense, and the Revs' defense, is it going to be good enough? And, you know, last night they gave up three goals, but really, how many of them were, were really their fault? They had some bad refereeing. They they could have done maybe a little bit better, but I, I think as the defense gets long, goes along and the season goes longer, I don't think the Revs' defense is going to have that much problems, but that's assuming everyone ha- is healthy, because and that's one thing where they don't have that much depth at it. Yeah, I agree, Sean. I think that uh, we're looking at probably the best Revs team that we've seen in a long time, and uh, it's just a very exciting time to be watching them and, and seeing how they progress. Well, we're going to take a quick break here, and then we're going to be back with Revolution midfielder and defender Marshall Leonard. Hi, this is Scott McPherson from the Sports Journal Live to tell you about my friends at Clifton Outpatient Rehabilitation Clinic. Whether you're involved in a sports injury like I was or involved in a motor vehicle accident, Clifton Outpatient Rehabilitation Clinic will get you back on the road to recovery. The specialists at Clifton Outpatient Rehabilitation Clinic in Somerset are the area's leaders in physical, occupational, and speech therapy and can help you get through the recovery process with first-rate attention and care. Clifton specializes in sprains and strains, hand and wrist splinting, stroke and neurological rehab, as well as post-surgical rehabilitation. For more information on Clifton Outpatient Rehabilitation Clinic, call 508-675-7589 or visit them on the web at cliftonhealthcare.com. That's Clifton Outpatient Rehabilitation Clinic, your first stop on the road to recovery. Hi, this is Stacy Marie. Join me, Scott McPherson, and David DiLorenzo every day on the Sports Journal Live, 4 to 6 on AM 1320 Live. Hey, Kevin, did you see the new minivan Scott got from Dighton Auto Sales? Yeah, it was really nice. Heard he got a good deal on it, too. Go see Charlie at Dighton Auto Sales for your next vehicle. They're at 223 Chase Avenue in Dighton. You can call them at 508-669-6655 or 508-989-7259. They're just a quarter mile south of Dighton Police Department on Route 138. Don't let that nagging injury jeopardize your performance or keep you out of the game. Call the professionals at Best Care Chiropractic and they will get you back to your peak performance. Best Care Chiropractic uses the latest techniques like cold laser therapy and a new biocranial procedure. Most insurances are accepted, so 
What are you waiting for? Call 508-941-6530 to schedule your appointment today. They have over 18 years of combined experience and offer the best in soft tissue injury, chiropractic, sports massage, and connective exercise programs. Look for our ad in the Sports Journal, Silver City Edition, or call 508-941-6530. Also make sure to look for Dr. Keith Cavaceres' injury discussion article in each edition of the Sports Journal, Silver City. And visit with Dr. Cabaceres at one of his two offices, on 138 in Taunton, or at the corner of 106 and Route 28 in Bridgewater. Best Care Chiropractic, getting you back to peak performance. And now, back to Revolution Recap with your host, Sean Donahue. Welcome back to Revolution Recap. Joining us now is Revolution Midfielder Marshall Leonard. Marshall, can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. How are you doing? Great. Thanks a lot for coming on the show. I oh, appreciate it. Are you excited about the Revs' fast start this season? Oh, really excited about it. I mean, the first three games, he's had good results and scored a lot of goals. And uh, it's pretty exciting to be a part of right now. How's the morale in the team locker room this year compared to the previous years when the Revs have gotten off to really slow starts? Uh, the morale is really high right now, I mean, because of the results that we're doing and the confidence that we're building uh, throughout each game. Um, but with the players that we have, we know that it's a long season, so um, it's just getting started. So we we hope to continue to put up the good results. And are, are stretches like you have this week where you have the three games in seven days, or is that something that's tough on the team? Is, is that something where uh, rest comes becomes an issue when you have that game that many close? Um, it's, it's actually just a little bit more of a process of preparation and getting ready for each game. Uh, we've, all, we've all been in positions that we've been playing several games in, in a week. So we just have to prepare our bodies and make sure we take care of our bodies and get ready for the next game on Wednesday and then the next game on Saturday. So. And on the other end of things, you had the two weeks off before this game. Is that is, do, you, do you prefer having the two weeks off, or do you think it's better to have the games when you're, when you're on a good run? Do you think it's better to have the games close together? Yeah, I think we actually prefer to, if we had a game, uh, as that, that week off uh, right away when the season started. But, you know, it's, it's how the game goes and how, how the season goes and progresses. So... As professionals, we kind of keep ourselves up to par, and we, we uh, have been some good training sessions and played some good uh, inter-squad games throughout the week, too. And the first game this year against San Jose, you played defense, and then this game you switched to midfield. Was it hard making, is it hard making the transition back and forth from midfield and defense? Um, no, I actually enjoy the transition of uh, you know playing in the midfield a little bit more than the defense because you're, you're attacking and you're getting involved with the play a little bit more. Um, and we... Uh, Marshall, can you hear us? Uh, I guess we lost him there. And uh, Marshall scored his first goal last year. I mean, his first goal last night for the Revs. After being with the Revs for several years, he joined the Revs in 2002. He was drafted by them, and then they signed him later on about July. And he's he's really been a player who's versatile. He can play both midfield and defense. Um, he, he's a player that's a re- really key to the Revs, and I, I think we can expect a lot out of him now and in the future. And and really, a guy like. Marshall Leonard, Steve Nichols has been known to have versatile players like him. Marshall, can you hear us now? Yeah, sorry about that. How, how did it feel to score your first MLS goal last night? Oh, it, felt, it felt really great. I mean, uh, I got a good feed from uh, James. He played a great ball into space. and My first touch took me uh, towards the goal, and just I saw the, the, the far post wide open, so I just slammed it home. So it was a good, it was a good, uh, good feeling for me. Were you really excited about the result last night, getting a win against the defending champs? 
Oh yeah, I mean, and I think if we came out with a tie, we would have felt that as a as a big loss because we were up three zero, and it's unfortunate about the several penalty kicks that were awarded uh, throughout the game. But um, we definitely were excited about getting the three points and uh, coming home, and uh, you know, taking it to Chicago, hopefully on Wednesday. Do you think the referee kind of went against you last night with those two penalty hit calls? Both of them seemed pretty questionable, and do you think it was yeah, a little unfair? Yeah, it seemed kind of questionable. I don't think he's like go, he was going against us, but you know he, he might have saw something. And it's hard. It's a hard decision to call certain penalty kicks like that. You know, I think that our team felt that it was a little bit. You know, you could have called it both ways, and it was kind of disfavorable for us. But you know that happens throughout games, and we actually uh, kind of boosted up and made sure that we got some more goals to secure our win. And uh, how, how was your experience? I know before you came to the Revs, you trained with in Europe with clubs as big as Juventus before coming to the Revs. How was that experience? Um, it was a good experience. I actually was training with um, some teams over in Belgium, actually, with Anderlecht and some other teams um, in France. And the experience was good. Um, it was good to come back and play here. Uh, we got a little confusing once you, once you go out there and really catch on and things. So it was good to come back here with the guys here and, and, and play with the, in the league. So, so did going over there make you decide that you wanted to be over here in the U.S. playing for the Revs and that you weren't ready to go over there yet, or what, was it just a thing where you weren't, where you, where you couldn't latch on with the team, or did, did you feel like you weren't ready to go over to Europe at that point? Well, it's kind of like um, I was kind of going into a blind and didn't have anybody sort of uh, um, representing me as much, and and uh, you know the language barrier was kind of a thing, so I was kind of going over there um, a little bit blindly, so. It was good to come back and enjoy the time when I came back in the U.S. and actually play with the league and in the, in the system of the revolution. So I enjoy that. Who's the toughest player you've had to defend against in your career? Uh, the toughest player, I would say, actually, uh, I might get some a little bit of flash for this on the team, but Steve Ralston is definitely a player on the team who is uh, he has a mind for the game and is very difficult to defend and he does everything. Uh, at a slow pace, but it's very effective. So, you know, a lot of players are maybe a lot faster and a lot bigger than he is, but he definitely has good technique on the ball, and he's, he's pretty hard to defend. Who do you see as some of the, your biggest competitors this year for the Eastern Conference, and who do you see as some of the teams that you're going to have the most trouble against this year? Well, uh, shoot. Uh, I think that, I think that um, in the Eastern Conference, you know, I was thinking D.C. was definitely a team that knocked the ball well. I know Chicago's going to be a tough competition for us. Kansas City always has a, a good team up against. So I think in the Eastern Conference, those are some teams that we're going to have to come up against. In Columbus, you know, we had a good showing against them already. And, but on paper, a lot of those teams, you know, in any day, they can give us a lot of trouble. I really feel that our team's really confident um, with the ball and possession. And, and, and we have some weak areas that we're definitely going to, critique and uh, get a little better at. Uh, but I think we're definitely confident enough to, to uh, beat any team in this league right now. Are you excited about the rookies the Rebs brought in and the new players the Rebs brought in? Do you think the team this year has more depth than they had last year when they had all those injury problems? Yeah, well, I mean, it, it's good that we, uh, when certain players, key players are actually out of out of the team um, due to injury or sickness, that some players can come in and, uh, we can, and the level doesn't go down and doesn't drop. And I think that's throughout the 32-game season, and then the playoffs, it's, it's very useful to have um, a team that has depth. And I think this year we definitely have some good players, um, both on our first team, the guys who are um, coming in off the bench, and also on our reserve team. I think we all all have some quality players on the team. Now. Did you watch the reserve game last night? I mean, yesterday morning. Yeah, we watched it. Yeah, it was actually this morning uh, 
and uh, we watched it. We we actually uh, lost two one on a late goal, but it, uh, I think that the team played really well. We have some new players in there too that we haven't played against uh, played together with, uh, but I think they played played well together. Joe, were there any players you were particularly impressed with this morning? Um, on our team, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I, I really like, enjoy watching uh, Ryan on the right side. I think that he has some good qualities that if he uh, continues to improve on, he um, with some good balls in and is a quick player on the right midfield um, position. And uh, I think that he, uh, if he can continues to improving and concentrate on a couple different things, uh, he definitely will see some time on the field. And also, uh, Luke Bercaloni at the captain band, he really led the team, I think, in uh really, you know, motivate the players to play this one. And what do you think the team needs to do to come out against Chicago with the same intensity that they have been in the past couple games and, and get a win against a team like Chicago? I think we're going to just take it to them and pressure and just, you know, and not drop off and just really play our game. Um, I think in the first half against D.C., we possessed the ball really well. I think the second half, um, we didn't figure it out, and I think they were getting at us. And I think that's one weakness that we need to kind of improve on and uh, possess the ball in quick transition. I think we're going to get a little bit better at that. But definitely just take take it to Chicago the first 15 minutes of each half and uh, continue just to, to play the full 90 minutes. And, and are you excited about this te- the team this year, and do you think this is a team that can take it to MLS Cup and win it? Oh, definitely. I mean, we, we've all been here before. A lot of the core guys have been here. and, and a, couple, a lot of guys have been to the MLS Cup in 2002, and then a lot of guys have just one step before that. So, you know, we know what it takes to do that, and I think the players that we have and, and everything that's come in this we definitely can do that. And what do you think of Michael Parkhurst, the center defender now for the Reds, who's a rookie, and do you, th- do you think he's becoming a good leader and a great center defender for this league? I think, yeah, I definitely think, I mean, I don't think as far as um, a leadership on the team, he's, he's really taking that role right now, um, but he's definitely playing well in the center back, and I, I really think he reads the game really well. He sees things, he sees things before they happen. I think that's very useful as a center defender. Um, he gets in the tackles really well, and he distributes the ball. Um, so, you know, as a rookie in the league playing his first three games, I think he's great. Um, definitely has potential and definitely going to be a good player in this league, for sure. Do, you, do do the veteran players on this team really come together and help out the rookies and give them advice for this for this team? Yeah, I mean, we uh, the, vet, the older players on the team definitely... Um, you know, either by example or by or by talking to to the younger players. Um, I know a couple of us were talking to um, the reserve players today after the first half about pushing players forward and and getting organized and certain things and just little things like that. I remember when I was a first year player here, um, and a couple of the older guys gave me a little bit of advice, and that little thing helps throughout the season. Do you think it's good for the team to have more players this year and have more players pushing for spots? And do you think it makes the team overall better to have knowing that there's other players trying to get the same spots that they have? Well, yeah, it's always a competition with um, positions, which which increases the level during training and everything. And also um, with the reserve games, it gives them a chance to play games. So I think it's 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 a lot of a lot of good competition and it improves the players tremendously. How as a midfielder do you know uh, when to go forward and when to stay back and defend and and when's the right time to do that? As a midfielder, excuse me, say that again? As a midfielder, how do you know when's the right time to go forward with the team and when when you need to stay back and defend? Well, there's different uh, parts of the game when you you go forward and attack, but in the 3-5-2 system that we play, the outside wingers, it's really basically we're one-on-one with that guy the whole game, so it's kind of like cat and mouse coming back and forth and if you can stay up 
um, and take the chances to go forward, it's good because they have to pull back a bit. Um, so it's, it's just picking your chances to go forward and making sure that you have cover behind when you do. And then just have a good work rate, basically, off. Do you find midfielder a harder position than defense, or do you think it's, it's really uncomparable? Um, it's a little bit uncom- uncomparable to the fact that it's just another kind of position on the field it's with different responsibilities. As a defender, you concentrate more on the defense and then just distributing the ball to the attack. The midfield is basically role is to link up the defense into the forwards and giving good balls in the box. Um, it's enjoyable to play midfield for me just because it's more running and more intensity and getting in the, involved with the play. Marshall, this is Barry Sanders sitting in here with, uh, with Sean. I was wondering if I could ask you one quick question. No problem. Um, I noticed that uh, the team in the last three games really come out. Their intensity is uh, up a lot higher than I think what we, we saw in a lot of games last year. And uh, is, there, uh, is that a product of the success, or is it uh, a product of a different uh, mindset or the training that you've had? Or, or you know, We're seeing a, a really energetic team this year, and I'm wondering uh, you know, where that's coming from. It's great. I think it's. Uh, I think it comes from two things. I think from the end of the last year, we really um, saw how pressuring teams and uh, really affected um, the other teams. And I think that all the players that we have that are on the field have been there before. And we're really our mindset is so confident that we can definitely take it to teams, and we don't have to sit back and then wait to go forward. We just take it to each team. And and another thing is, we definitely realized that uh, we haven't started very well in the past couple of years, and. And it's really, for the fans, it's not enjoyable for sure. So we definitely wanted to come out and, and uh, not so much put on a show, but definitely have a good intensity and playing good attacking soccer uh, throughout the full 90 minutes. Um, for us, winning results and for the fans also, because it's much more enjoyable to come to a game and watching your team attack teams and uh, scoring goals and winning and getting good results. Do you think that's a level of intensity the team will be able to maintain for the whole season? We intend to. We definitely intend to. I mean, it, it's a long season, but you take it in spots. I mean, I think Stevie and the coaching staff does a good job on giving us the days off and, and uh, you know, when we need it and kind of resting us when we need it and so we can perform at high levels during the games. And it's all about preparation on, on each game and taking it as they go. Do you think it's a good thing since Steve Nicholas come in, the teams really have the same core year after year? Do you think that's... That's one of the factors that has finally made the Revs get off to a quick start because the players are really familiar with each other. Yeah, I know. I think that's a definitely a tremendous part about it. When you have, when you're around the same guys um, for a lengthy amount of time, you get to know them on and off the field, and I think that carries on the field for sure. And linking up with players, especially I think Taylor and Noonan has done a, a really good job up front holding the ball, and linking linking up together, and I think that's just because you know they play together so much, they're comfortable with each other. And they've been with the full team in the offseason together, also. So um, I think that, that helps out tremendously. And who's been the biggest influence in your soccer career? The biggest influence, actually, my my parents have been a tremendous influence on the soccer career. They sacrificed uh, a, a tremendous amount um, when I was growing up playing club soccer an hour and a half away from my home. And uh, they they just sacrificed a lot and just you know good role models for me. So they've been a, a good supporting cast throughout my whole time growing up and where I am now. So. And what do you like to do in your spare time? I like just hanging out. I coach on the side. Like, you know, if I have some time to just kick around with some kids around the community, I enjoy having that uh, interaction with uh, the fans and the kids and things like that. And 
Uh, I play a little bit of guitar, you know, and I just uh, bought a home, so I'm doing the home, the whole uh, homeowner kind of fixing up the place and stuff. So keep myself busy as much as I can off the field. All right, well, thanks a lot for joining us today, and uh, good luck on Wednesday against Chicago. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot, guys. Good luck, Marshall. All right, thanks. All right, that was Marshall Leonard, the Revolution midfielder and defender, uh, who started last night against the Revs and scored his first ever MLS goal. And he started in midfield after being a defender against San Jose in the first game of the season. And he, he, really, he really did a great job, I thought, and re- really a player who has been a, revolu- uh, a revelation on the Revolution uh, coming in in that first year. He didn't play at all, and then he got more minutes, and then now he's become a player that you, really, you regularly see out there on the field. Yeah, he had a strong uh, finish last season, and uh, looks like he's going to have a strong start this season. Well, we're going to take a quick break here, and then we'll be back, and we'll take some callers. Great food and a lot of fun, but whatever mood you're in, whether you want an after-work get-together with the gang or garden-fresh crispy salads, the Ground Round is the place. Are you hungry for a heaping platter of great barbecue baby back ribs at great prices? A thick, juicy steak or an outstanding burger? How about delicious, sizzling fajitas? It's all at the Ground Round. It's a kickback with your friend's gathering place or a perfect night out with the whole family and always more for your money the ground round come on in and tell us what you feel like today now featuring our sizzling chicken beef and shrimp fajitas starting at 949 hi this is ian Pryor from am 1320 the drive We here at AM1320 have all of our printing projects, as well as our signs and banners done at McZip the Printer and Signs. McZip the Printer and Signs. Whether it's full color process printing, spot color, or black and white, McZip can do it all. Whatever your taste, whatever your budget, McZip the Printer and Signs can design and produce the finished projects that your company needs. From simple forms to dynamic full color advertising pieces it's all possible at McZip the printer and signs McZip the printer and signs McZip also offers graphic design bindery as well as direct mail head to McZip today at 1100 Social Street in Winsocket, Rhode Island you can also give them a call at 401-765-5833 again that's 401 765 5833. You can also check out their website at www.mczip.com. It's all possible at McZip, the printer and sign. It's lacrosse season, and NK Sports in North Kingstown, Rhode Island, is the place to go for all your equipment needs. Located at 6180 Post Road, NK Sports is offering great deals on men's and women's lacrosse equipment. For only $109.99, you can get the men's lacrosse package 
which includes an STX stick, elbow pads, and shoulder pads. The women's lacrosse package starts at $99.99 and includes an STX stick, goggles, and bag. NK Sports also offers top-of-the-line hockey gear with names like CCM, Jofa, and Coho. Best of all, every ski, snowboard, and hockey item is now 35% off. For all your sporting needs, stop by NK Sports at 6180 Post Road in North Kingstown, Rhode Island. You can also give them a call at 401-398-0592. NK Sports, they've got it all. And now, back to Revolution Recap with your host, Sean Donahue. Welcome back to Revolution Recap. I guess we have a caller now. Caller, can you hear us? Uh, yes. Hi, who is this? Uh, this is David from Albany, New York. Welcome to the show. Thank you. What did you think uh, of the Revs' performance last night? Uh, I thought it was amazing. Uh, the way that they, you know, despite the refs and uh, the way that they were... You know, Colin from Iffy called. They hung in there, they played tough, and they gutted out a win against one of their bigger rivals. And, and who, were, who were the players you're really impressed with? Uh, I was really impressed mostly with Parkhurst, and uh, Twelman seems to be getting back into it. You know, he handled that ball really nicely in the box. Are you excited about the prospects of the season with the Revs off to such a quick start compared to the previous years? Yeah, I'm not used to them getting off to such a good start, so the only way that it can go from here is up. I mean... After last year, you know, they ended on a good note, so hopefully they can keep on going from where they ended last year. And when did you become a Revs fan? Uh, when did I become a Revs fan? It was actually in 94, like right before they started the team up. I was living in Fox, or near Foxborough and went to the World Cup game, got my first tickets then, and been a fan ever since. So were you a player as a kid, or, or was that, or were you just a fan? Uh, I was a player all through high school, uh, played on my high school teams, and Sort of played now in intramurals in college, but nothing professional. Do, do you think this team uh, is the team that can finally make it to MLS Cup? Does this look like the, the roster and the, the team that is finally what we need to make it to the championship game? I think so. I think the good mix of youth and uh, experience. They have, you know, Shawry Joseph. They have Matt Reese that gives the veteran leadership, but they also have the fresh legs, the young talent, and, you know, they have... I think what it takes to get there. They have a good, solid midfield and great attacking force. And uh, who are some of the teams you think are going to be the Revs' biggest challengers for the title? Uh, for the title, I think you've got to look out west to Dallas. I mean, they have Ruiz and Eddie Johnson. Those are two great forwards, and they have a pretty good rest of the lineup out there. Uh, I think you've got to look at Columbus, even though we seem to have their number. I think they're also a very good contender. And KC, they have a great offense. Uh, they had a tough weekend this weekend but I don't think you can look past them either. Who are some of the players throughout the league that you're impressed with, not just on the Revs? Uh, not just on the Revs. Uh, I think you got to look at Eddie Johnson. I mean, not only his league games, but also his international recent appearances. And I think you got to look at the return of Lennon Donovan. And he seems to be revitalized back in L.A. after having a tough spell over in Europe. I think those are the two guys you really got to look out for. So, so are you excited about... Uh some of the, you know, the Revs youth, how they're, how they're, there's only two players on the team that are 30 and everyone else is under 30. Do you think this is a team that can stick together? Or do you think because of some of the talented players are going to be off to Europe and other teams like that? Uh, actually, I wouldn't mind seeing some of them go off. I think they are young enough and they do have the talent to go abroad. Uh, I, I think they probably could stay together for a year or two, but if they do, they, they could really be contenders. And, and who, who are some of the players on this Revs team that you think have a future 
in Europe possibly and with the national team. With the national team and in Europe, I could see Parkhurst eventually moving over if he continues to impress like this. I mean, he's a really young first year in the league, and he's doing so well. If he can get some exposure, I think he could definitely move on. And I think you got to look at the likes of uh, a Dempsey or someone like him that could definitely move on, I would say. So what do you think of the Revs' rookie class this year compared to the other years, and do you think the, the Revs have become a great team in drafting some talented players, not just in the first rounds but in the later rounds? I think that's definitely true. I think you're seeing that they're not only making the most out of their first-round picks, but they're also definitely getting value very late in the draft, and guys that can come in and contribute. And that's very, very important, especially in a league like the MLS, where you can't go out and just buy everyone. You have to be solid through the draft. And I think that's going to lead them for the next couple of years. And are you excited about expansion? Uh, I know they said there's going to be a team in San, o- San Antonio if everything goes right, and they have the two new teams this year. Do you think that's in the right direction for the league? Uh, I, I don't know if it's the time this year, but I think if you if you can see, you know, in the next two, three years, they, they move out to San Antonio, maybe add another team somewhere else or bring someone from, you know, another team that's not doing so well, I think it's a good idea. I think the fans down in Texas have shown, even with Dallas, that they're very excited about soccer, and so I think that would be a good thing. And, and do you think with the expansion, I know Chivas isn't doing very well, and Real Salt Lake hasn't been doing that well either. Do you think the league has enough good players to handle it and keep, keep the league quality play up high, or do you think just those teams have been doing bad because they're new teams and they're, they're not familiar with each other and the coaches are new to the league and things like that? I think if you look at the rest of the league, I mean, all the teams are, you know, they're still doing fairly, you know, enjoyable soccer. I think uh, if you look even at Real Salt Lake, they have a bunch of, you know, very good players, but they just haven't exactly had the time to gel yet. I think if you give them another year, maybe another half a year, they'll be right back where they should be. I think it's not a problem with having overall depth throughout the league. I think it's just more they need time to grow together as a team. Well, thanks a lot for joining us on the show. Thank you very much for having me. Sorry, talk to you later, Dave. Bye-bye. All right, we'll take some more callers now. Our, we're accepting callers today, and our numbers are 1-401-273-6764. That's 1-401-273-6764. Or toll-free at 1-866-854-WARL. That's 1-866-854-WARL. And I think this is a really exciting time to be a Revs fan, the way they're playing, and with the stars like Twelman and Noonan, they're seeing time with the national team. Dempsey, Rawlson is seeing time with the national team. He was... He was the man of the match when he played against Guatemala. And, and really, this is a team that, that is, is one of the most exciting teams I remember seeing in years. I know I've been a team, fan of the team since 97. I've been watching the team, and I, I think this is the best Revs team we've seen ever. Oh, I, I think you're absolutely right, Sean. I think uh, as well, not just you know the, the preferred starting 11, but when you look on the bench, and uh, you know any coach likes to look at the bench and, and, and see that... Uh, that he's not having to to water down the squad when he when he picks somebody up off the bench. You can go to Dorman, you can go to Riley, you can go to sounds like uh, Connolly Adosian is the real deal. Uh, he's going to have an impact on this team. Uh, they just picked up the new guy from Bermuda, Kino Smith, and I'm told that yeah, he's going to be able to step in and and cover for Noonan or Twelman if they get uh, called up or if uh, you know God forbid they get injured. Um, so you know it must be a treat for Steve Nickel as well to look on the bench and be able to. Uh, you know, to to pick some good guys to put on the field uh, and and help the team. And you know, guys like Avery John, who didn't see starts in the first two games, they're used to starting last year, and uh, they're booted out of their starting spot by the Revs team. Do you think that's a good thing for the team to have all these players like that, or is it kind of bad to to have things like that? I think I think it's always good to have guys uh, feeling like they need to earn their spot every week. Uh, I think that Nickel has, has said that from the beginning when 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 he first took over that he wants competition. 
um, having those guys pushing and, and making them earn their spots, I think you know that can only make uh, make everybody work harder and and, uh, and and be good for the team. All right, I guess we have a caller now. Can you caller? Can you hear us? Hello. Hi. Hi. Uh, Hi who's from Taunton? How you doing? Good. Hey, how are you? Not bad. Um, so I wanted to comment on the Revolution. Um, I've been watching them since their first season, '96. And what I like about this team is they have stability up in the coaching staff, which they really, in their history, never really did too much of before. I always thought they were too quick to pull the trigger and release people. And uh, I think this is going to make a big difference, sticking with you know Steve Nichols' system. And I think MLS in general, I think teams are too quick to change their coaches. And uh, the teams that have had the most success in the past, you know, like D.C. way back in the beginning, you know, they hit Bruce Arena for like five years. And, and with this team, not only with the coaches staying, a lot of the core of the players are staying, and I, I think that's contributed to their good start. I think that's something that's great for the team, too. Do, do you agree with that, or do, do you think... I do. I absolutely do. And I think the fact that you have the stability there, you're going to keep the players, because if you go back to the early days when D.C. was winning, in their early years it, with Bruce Arena, it was the same deal. I mean, the players were coming there because they wanted to play there because they knew it was a, a good system and a good organization. And I think with the bad preseason, the, the preseason the refs had that didn't really go the way they wanted it to, they had to cancel a lot of games, it shows that, that because they played together so much in the past, it, really they had some bad, a, a couple bad minutes against San Jose, but after that they've been playing very well, and I think it shows that, that familiarity has helped the team. And I, I think that that's a great thing for the team, and they could stay together for a long time because they have two 30-year-old players, everyone else is in their 20s. Do you think, is that something that you're excited about? Absolutely, because the team's young, you know, the core of the team's young, and exactly, the longer they play together, you know, the more of a, a unit they're going to be. And I think that's something that uh, that Coach Nicholas preached uh, from the beginning. You know, he's not one to abandon a guy just because, uh, you know, he has a bad game or or uh, makes a misstep. Uh, he's uh, not going to abandon the, the system as well. And I think he's been, uh, his, his, his mantra has been, you know, consistency and then going back and out there going back out there and uh, and doing it again and having faith in the team and, uh, you know, making small adjustments and not, uh, you know, making the kind of wholesale changes we've seen on other teams. Right. And you can see you can see the way they're passing and keeping ball possession, you know, time of possession in their games making a big difference. But you never used to see that before. They used to, you know, make bad passes and, you know, it, it's definitely much better than it used to be. Yeah, and they're not playing that uh, that long ball soccer as well. It, right. Uh, you know, it's just it's more enjoyable for the fans, and certainly it's been more productive for the team to to see them build the attack out of the midfield and and do that that, that nice one touch soccer and and move the ball uh, cleanly and smoothly through the midfield and, and get it up to the forwards uh, and let them do their jobs. I think uh, if they keep this up, though, they'll get they'll get people excited again and they'll start coming back. Cause in the you know in the first five years, they were always way up in the top in attendance and you know we'd like to see that happen again yeah with the slow starts in the past fans have been saying you know I should just go to the last games when they're doing well but this year they're showing that they're going to play for the whole season as best as they can and I thought they've been off to a great start they've ended Columbus through record record unbeaten streak they've ended DC United home unbeaten streak they're really showing that they're one of the top teams in the league and and I, I think this is a team that can make it to the championship if they live up to their potential do you agree with that? Absolutely, and the only thing that I, I hope happens out of this is that some of the local stations, like the news stations, actually get people excited about this, you know, on the news, actually, the highlights and stuff, because you don't, you know, when they do it, it's almost like 
you know, they get like, you know, a minute here and there. They might even just mention it. They won't even show too much. And I think in general the MLS has been victim to like, you know, like it's great that ESPN covers, you know, MLS, but like on SportsCenter, you never see, it's very rare to see a highlight unless, you know, there's like an incident like with the, uh, the Freddie Adu thing, you know, a couple of weeks ago. But <laughs> in general, I think, you know, if we can get a, a little more promotion out of this, I think, I think we'd, we'd get the fans back. And even with the ESPN, we saw last night they had the big L.A. Chivas Derby match, and uh, they 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 interrupted it and they went and they delayed it an hour to show like the hundred and second pick of the NFL. So it's really not getting the the coverage you you think, and it's, and it's not you know it's not being put up there with the major leagues. And I, I saw right. last year on the news I was watching after the Eastern Conference Final they were showing the highlights, and I, I saw I thought it was ridiculous. Clint Dempsey they showed his missed thing, and the announcer was like, "I could have made that." And I I really don't think they have. You know the guys out there that are doing the sports that care enough about soccer, and and you know even if they do show it, they're showing it, and they you know they they don't know what they're really talking about. Yeah, I agree with that. It's uh, it gets a little frustrating at times, you know, when you you watch it because you know we're you know I'm involved in it, and you know I've I've been seeing kids play it, and you know we think of this generation of kids that are growing up now because they're playing it, they're going to go watch it, but. So far, it hasn't happened. Like, a lot of these kids, you know, like when I went the first season in 96, a lot of these kids that were watching back then, they're like 18 and 19 and 20 now, these kids, and they're still not filling the place. But, yeah, I'm hoping, you know, there's some kind of, uh, I guess I guess maybe, you know, I mean, I was there that, that day with the 61,000 people in the MLS final. That was pretty cool. I had never seen a, been to a, a, you know, a soccer game with that many people in it and people that actually cared it was it was really cool and it'd be nice if you can you know get half that many and have the same kind of intensity there you know and I think I think the Kraft family is, uh, is is really making an effort this year uh, they brought down the season ticket prices and we saw them uh, changing the prices uh, on the concessions which I think has been something that folks have complained about for a while and uh, you know I think they recognize that uh, if they put a good product on the field they have to support that by uh by you know helping the fans get in the door, and you know you got a family of four or five kids, you know four or five people, and and uh, you know how many games you're going to be able to go to if uh, you know if it's too expensive. And right. right now, I think you know Major League Soccer is certainly the sports, uh, the the sport that I think families can afford to go to more. And I think the Crafts are saying uh, you know we want to make sure that we get we get people to come to the games. We're going to have a great team. We want them to watch, and we're going to try to make it as reasonable as possible. And, and All right, well, guys, thanks for that. And keep keep up the good work with the show. Well, thanks for the publicity for up there. And we'll we'll try to spread the word to my friends to listen up. You're going to do this every uh, Sunday night. Yep. Thanks a lot for listening, and thanks for calling in. All right, thanks, thanks for calling, much, guys. All right, take care. And and as he was talking about attendance, you know, when the Revs play big international teams like the Sporting Lisbon, that. We know what happened with that game, and uh, and when they play teams like that, you see all these fans coming out that are passionate fans, but they won't support the Revs. They're they're fans of these Portuguese teams. They're fans of the teams in England. They they don't think MLS is up to that to that uh, level of play, and they won't support the teams. Even even after the Revs go out and beat them, sometimes, what do you think the team needs to do to get player? I mean, get fans like that that are soccer fans to support the local team? Yeah. And I don't know, and I, I think that's a real struggle throughout the country. I mean, when whenever the U.S. national team plays anywhere, it's like they hardly even have a, a home field to play on because uh, you know if you take on anyone from uh, South or Central America, you're going to show up in 
in Foxborough or D.C. or, or even Columbus or, or out. Uh, you certainly don't want to head down towards Texas uh, because all the fans there will be uh, will be cheering for the uh, for the visiting team, and it makes it, I think, uh, very difficult for uh, for the U.S. national team to play. And uh, you know, I think we just see that as part of uh, the American soccer experience at this point. A lot of folks are. Are diehard fans from uh, you know from from you know, from family. They 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 grew up cheering for uh, for teams in other countries, and it's just going to take you know it might take a whole generation before uh, folks start saying, well, you know, I'm going to I'm going to cheer for my I'm going to root for my and support for my local team um, rather than you know wait for uh, you know something on television from Portugal or South America or or the Premier League and 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 support your local team. Well, it looks like. Some people over in Europe, they they see it and they say the game isn't working over here. They're they're not really fans of soccer. But then you see when they have these games like Manchester United, big teams over here. There's tons of people to stadiums sell out. So there there is the fans over here for soccer. They're just not coming out to support the local teams, and and really that's a problem. And it, you know maybe if they did come out and support it, they'd have enough money to go out and get some of the bigger name players that these people want to see. They don't understand that the league is 10 years old, and for where it is right now, I think it's great where it is right now. And and you know. At the level it is right now, you get to go meet the players after the games, and it's it's really a friendly, you know, everyone's friendly. The players are really personable, and you get to go talk to them. It's it's a, it's a great experience, and I think more people should come out and go to Revs games. Absolutely, I mean, I think that's one of, uh, one of the coolest things uh, about going to Major League Soccer games, and you go to these uh, events. Uh, like I went to the uh, the MYSA coaching uh, workshop and. The whole, uh, almost the whole Revs team was there, and they're signing autographs and interacting with people, and uh, and putting on a little, uh, you know, a little demonstration for coaches who are, you know, trying to learn how to be better coaches. And I just, I don't see that with uh, with some of the bigger um, sports uh, leagues like NFL and, and and Major League Baseball. I just, I don't see the the access to the players like you get with with Major League Soccer. And, and you were talking a little about about MYSA and. There's there's all these youth players and it's one of the biggest sports in this country and youth players it's more bigger than like baseball and sports like that but really it's, it hasn't translated into the fan base yet and I know you, you yourself are coach or youth coach and and what, what do you think it is to get some of those kids that are out there playing you you think they'd want to go out and see the professionals that 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 are really their role models and what do you think it is as far as people like that not going out to see the games. Well, you know, I, I think it's still it's still part of the learning curve, and like you said, you know, the league is uh, is still a, uh, a young league, and uh, the kids don't have as much experience looking up to, um, you know, soccer players as as role models. Uh, you, know, you turn on the TV and you pick up the newspaper, and you're going to hear everything you want to hear about, and, and even more stuff you don't want to hear about about uh, your basketball players and your football players and your baseball players. Um, I think uh, you know it's all about exposure, and when kids start uh, seeing uh, major league soccer players as as someone they want to grow up to be like, uh, whether it's you know professional, probably just professionally, um, then you'll see them come out more. And I think it's just like I said, I think it's it's uh, you know it's a generation thing, and it's just going to take a while, and, and it's not going to happen overnight. And tell me a little about how you got into soccer, and uh, how how you got into thebigsoccer.com, and how you became a fan, and and got involved with, with professionally and at the youth level. Well, you know, I got to make my confession, and you know, I'm certainly not a a, a fan from uh, a gajillion years ago. I'm really kind of a Johnny Come Lately. Uh, my my son was out on one of these little youth soccer teams when he was uh, nine years old, and somebody from the league called and said, "Look, your your kid's on a team," and uh, 
Uh, we don't have a coach, so if you don't coach, he can't play. And so I said, well, I guess I'll coach. And I started learning about the game and uh, enjoying watching the kids play. And I thought, you know, it was good for him to see professional games. So we started going to uh, Revs games and watching the national team. And it's just been something that, uh, you know, my family and I have really enjoyed. And, uh, you know, BigSoccer.com is just, you know, it's out of necessity. You can't pick up the newspaper and just say, oh, I'm going to find out what's going on in the world of soccer. Uh, being a soccer fan, you have to work kind of hard at it, and uh, BigSoccer.com happens to be a great place to uh, to get uh, you know some information. Whether you're a coach or a player or a fan or or uh, or whatever, it's just you know it's, a, it's an opportunity to get some information in in one location. And do you think it's good for youth players to be able to go out and see professional games and see the the players? And do you think that that helps them become a better player, be able to watch the professional game? Where as before MLS started, there really wasn't a league that they could watch. Absolutely. I encourage my players all the time to see as many games as they can. Either, you know, watch it on TV or go out to, you know, we've got some great local colleges, uh, go out to a professional game. You know, you're going to learn by watching uh, watching people do it when they, you know, when they do it at a higher level. And what I try to tell the kids is when you watch the game, you know, you know try to watch, you know, the player who plays a position similar to you and, and see the kinds of things that they do and, and, and how sophisticated their play is. And, and uh, and then try to put that into into action in your own practice and, and and when you get on the field yourself and I think it's a great opportunity to learn how to play the game and and with the teams the way they are now they're they're offering camps for all the players and professional teams are giving the the youth teams the opportunity to train with 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 players that are on the revs and I think that's a really a great opportunity for them and people to take more advantage of it than they, than they really they have been. Absolutely, uh, it's just you know even just just because it's a kick. Um, we had uh, one of the benefits of, of being a, a, a season ticket holder one year is we got to go and, and actually do a training session led by the Revs players, and uh, it was just you know it was so much fun to just run around the field and, and have them tell you you know do this drill and, and kick the ball this way, and I think it's great for the kids. Well, we're going to wrap things up here. We're, we can be heard every Sunday from 7 to 8 p.m. on AM 1320 as well as the Internet. And the Revs have a game coming up on Wednesday at 7 o'clock in Chicago. That can be seen on Fox Soccer Channel as well as Fox Sports New England. I'd like to thank Barry Sanders for coming on today, and uh, I'd like to thank Sean Hanrahan for running the boards again. Well, thanks, Sean. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.